0: So, today's episode is a full deep dive on eight passengers, Ruby Frank and Jody Hildebrandt. We get into the full backstory and their alleged crimes. But before we get into that, Lauren and I really want to talk about Travis and Taylor. They took the world by storm. It's like all we can think about. But in a sad turn of events... Lauren has fallen ill. And I don't know if this is real. I don't know if she's faking it because she just can't share her thoughts publicly because it would ruin her marriage. I don't know. But she is claiming to be sick. And so I have brought on two very special Taylor correspondents, our dear sister, Courtney Grow, the one and only, and our bestie, Kyle DeFord. Welcome. Hi, Chan. Kyle.
1: I am so honored to be here and also to be referred to as a Taylor Stan.
0: Yes, you are a Taylor Stan. This is why you're here. This is why you've been brought to these hallowed grounds.
2: Should we confess to the listeners, like the quantity of time we spend talking
0: (sighs) about Taylor Allison? I I don't even know where to start this confession because I have been in the Taylor vortex for what feels like my entire life. Like the, the past year has felt like a lifetime. I've like lost friends over it.
1: I don't know, I look at my phone when I go to listen to music and I was like, what did I listen to before I listened to mostly Taylor Swift? Like, am I a bad, I feel like I should be consuming more music, but I don't. No, she's
0: like, she's like the bedrock of like the music library I have right now. It's like, I listen to other artists, you know, as like interstitials in between listening to Taylor Swift.
1: Just a palate cleanser.
0: What is everyone's
2: go-to song right now, today?
1: On My Way to Work. I was just back to the trough with Cruel Summer, Yeah, of
2: course. Of course. Courtney? I have... Kyle knows this because we were walking around together, and when I first met him, I put an AirPod in his ear, and it was Ivy. Like, I just can't get Mm -hmm. enough of Ivy right now. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's like a great fall song. It's just... Yeah, it's just my favorite.
1: There's something happening. I think it is related to what we're currently experiencing with her new potential dating partner, but I had some... Non Taylor people in my life come out of the woodwork <gasps> and Ugh. say, folklore is amazing. And I'm like, Welcome to the party. The, po- the pool is fine. Get on in. It was like, Well, this is happening.
0: It's like you hug it out. It's like it's water under the bridge. It's fine that you were a misogynist <laughs> before this. Like, just welcome. You know, there's room at the table.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: Okay, enough about that. Everyone knows we like Taylor Swift. That's not new information to anybody who listens to this podcast. But what is new information? is her relationship with Travis Kelsey. This weekend, we were flooded with content of her at the game. The relationship now seems to have gone from rumors, uh, you know, maybe potentially started by a PR team to a something full-fledged, real happening, videos of them together, videos of them leaving the game together. Like it is on where, where do we stand
1: Can someone walk me quickly through the series of events that got us here? Because I have a version in my head, but I feel like I'll just say what I know.
2: Yeah.
1: All I know is Travis went to (laughs) this is what I think. Travis went to her concert with the hopes Mm -hmm. of giving Taylor a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it, which I think is bold, but also like romantic storybook. So cute.
2: Was it his phone number or his player number? Phone number. Okay. Okay. Because I saw the TikTok, but I wasn't sure.
1: I just think using a friendship bracelet as a way to give Taylor, it's poetic. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. He's done the research. He knows what she mm-hmm. likes. He's a Swifty. Bravo.
0: He's getting on her level. Yes. It's like about her. It's not about him. Absolutely. So I actually did a little bit of you know my own research before logging on to chat with you guys, because I really didn't know anything about him, but he actually has like quite a bit of content, you know, about himself. And that is because him and his brother have a podcast, which I yeah did not know about. And he talked about on the podcast, how he went to the Taylor Swift concert, how she wasn't doing meet and greets. And he wanted to like go to a meet and greet with her, but his people reached out. She said she didn't, couldn't meet him or whatever. But, you know, he wanted to give her a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it and then he said you know the you know the ball is in her court basically right is that right
1: that's what i heard
0: yes so when i heard all these stories i was just like this is a small time football player trying to you know elevate himself by talking about you know <laughs> our lord and savior taylor swift <laughs> and i did not believe it. i was i was like oh tree pain i'm sure is having a field day with this you know just they're like, trying to get this guy on the map yes literally literally uh-huh. so My jaw hit the floor when I saw that she was at the effing game,
1: like decked out in all of the gear.
0: It's so funny that you mentioned that, because I do feel like the gear was like I'm like, did did they present her with Chiefs merch and say, like, which do you want? And she's like, I'll take like the windbreaker and I'll tie it around my waist. I just I was very curious about the, the, you know, the backstory there.
2: I think she bought it all herself because I was on TikTok and there was a TikTok video of a sleuth who had found her wearing like the, it has like a white collar, I want to say, and like a red shirt or maybe it's a red collar and a white shirt. And there was a picture of her hiding like that under a jacket from like previous times. Like she has had this merch.
0: Oh my
2: gosh. Do we think she comes out of the gate? In relationships, way too strong, though. Like, I am flashing (laughs) back to the Maddie Healy, like, I love you. Like, she is such, like, a child filled with wonder, I think, when she's in love.
1: But don't you think, also, I feel like she has to contend with us all doing exactly what we're doing, which is the narrative gets taken away, and I feel like she doesn't do anything to correct the record, but I also think Mm -hmm. she has fun with it, right? So, for instance, Mm -hmm. there's a version of this in my head That is Travis saying, I went to the concert. I wanted to give her the bracelet. I couldn't meet up with her, but it's too bad. I invite her here to come watch me rock the stage or whatever he said. And then she kind of says, I'm going to call your bluff and says, I'm going to show up. I'm not on tour right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it genuinely is either they've been in love for five weeks and we just are learning about it now. Or they're having truly a great time flirting with one another and we just get front row seats.
2: Wait, so... In your mind, Kyle, there's a chance that that was the first time they met in person?
1: Maybe once or twice. But I feel like there is a version of this where he's like, yeah, and maybe you come and watch me. Yeah. And and she says (gasps) yes. She meets his mom. She wears the merch. He sees her from the field and mouths, oh, my God, there she is. And it's like pure.
2: In that light, the chest bump is over the top.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You guys, it's always over the top with her. It is
2: always over the top. With a full chest bump with like his friend. Like if you are not sleeping
0: together, the chest bump is a little bit thirsty. Here's where it's over the top to me. It's literally sitting next to the mom for hours and hours chatting. Like, I'm sorry, unless we are exclusively dating and you are buying me dinner on a regular basis slash, you know, buying me gifts, like I feel like sitting next to your mom for hours and hours,
2: especially with so much attention on you like knowing you're going to be recorded next to your boyfriend's mom at a football game for hours okay that is that it's its own performance
1: okay fine but then now zoom way back and like not to quote taylor allison herself but she's a people pleaser pathological (laughs) people pleaser and she straight up she straight up is like okay we're having fun you invited me to this game so if I think that if you view the chest bump and the mom side saddle like under the <laughs> like, like through the through, like through the lens through the lens of nothing other than we're having so much fun and we're actually just milking this and we're having a great time and who knows it may turn into something but like let's just be friends first doesn't it make more sense that she's just hamming it up?
2: Okay, but what sent it into relationship status for me was did you guys see the video of her trying to clean the suite up after? <laughs>
1: Yes, no. I did. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see like, that. She's,
2: she's like trying to like, I mean, that to me is like, I am like trying to be a part of this group. I think even if she was like a quick invited guest, like if there had been no previous relationship, like I think that would almost be ex- the chest bump plus cleaning up the suite would be extremely weird. If Taylor Allison is like a new part of this crew, like those are very much like things you're doing to like ingratiate yourself. Right. With the crew.
0: yes. Yes. I also thought her like outfit was kind of demure. Like she was just trying to be like, you she looks hometown so girl. Hot. It was so hot, so hot, but also like, you know, she wasn't in like a full fit, you know, it was just like, what it was like high tops and shorts and a white t-shirt, but super hot. So I actually was doing some soul searching today, thinking about this very, you know, predicament with her where like so much of the publicity around her relationship seems so hammed up in the most recent year. And I was wondering, you know, I was unpacking why it bothers me a little bit. And I think because she kind of sold us this idea when she was dating Joe that the more private your love is, the more real it is. Totally. But if you think back to Taylor pre-Joe, all of her relationships were very public. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal photos, Harry Styles photos, like she was not also like always hiding those relationships. It was very much so a Joe relationship that was hidden, you know, behind closed doors, super private.
1: Yeah, we were fed fed a strict diet of private love for six years, and now we're, like, re-remembering what she was like before this, I feel.
2: Yes. Them driving away from the game. I feel like is going down for me right now Is the most iconic pop culture moment of 2023. Uh
1: Uh It is pure camp, though. Like, it's just, it's theatrical. Like, oh, put the top down. Get two of the most famous people in the country in a car and just drive away. like okay, In a
0: vintage convertible and have them drive away. How about her buying out that restaurant so that everyone would leave so they could just go have dinner? I feel
2: like this is when, like, the sex appeal part of the story, like, kind of went overboard for me. Like, jocks have really never, like, totally been my thing. But I feel like the way this night unfurled for me, like, kind of had me thinking about them having sex nonstop, like, for the next 24 hours.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to have to also concur with you on that one. He's someone that I also struggle with my attraction to because also not totally my type. But I cannot ignore that he is extremely hot, extremely sexy and fit. You know, like there's something about just like he's just six, five, two (laughs) fifty.
1: Also, like, Like also, I think a killer smile is important. Yes.
2: Killer. Killer. And the eyes. I mean, the iconic look up at her Mm -hmm. in the box.
0: And this is just, you know, all like physical, Travis. If you've caught any of the clips of him and his brother talking on their podcast, they are so adorable and sweet. And like, they just seem like they have the best family vibes ever. And Taylor comes from a broken home. At least her parents are divorced.
1: Did you see the clip (laughs) where someone asked Travis, kiss, Mary, kill between Ariana Grande, Taylor Swift... And why can't I Meryl Streep?
2: No, (laughs) no. (laughs) Katy Perry. Uh, Okay.
1: And he said, "I hate this game. I'm gonna play it. I don't want to kill anyone, obviously. But Ariana, RIP. Don't mean it." And then he said, "I would kiss Taylor Swift and I would marry Katy Perry." (gasps) This is from years ago. What does that
0: mean, though? What does that mean? Okay, that's upsetting. That is upsetting. This feels like a like a thumbs down
2: moment. Mary Katy Perry?
1: I don't know, it was years ago.
2: Okay. Mm. Well, you
0: know. Well. Some of the wind in my sails is now gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's also that there wasn't there like that moment where he said his celebrity crush was Taylor.
2: This to me, like initially I kind of chafed at this connection, this couple, but the longer I've like sat with it, the more I think that him being So successful, even though I'd never heard his name before, Taylor. So successful in his own right, according to – Kyle, like, did you know about him? You're probably the most well-rounded. Did you know?
1: So I laughed at the beginning where – I don't know, Chandler, if it was you that mentioned, who, like, this little old football player who probably is just (laughs) trying to get by. And then I, like, read his Wikipedia article or his Wikipedia entry, and I'm like, oh, he's, like, legit very good.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Like th- people are saying he's like the best, the best tight end the NFL has ever seen. Which I don't even know what a tight end does.
0: So for context, him and his brother played against each other in the Super Bowl last year. Yes, and there was that, the, the story about the
2: mom, right? Mm-hmm. Who were yeah. Was Travis's Travis's team was the team that won,
0: mm-hmm. and Travis won. That's and hot. there's like the sweetest moment where like he sees his mom and he's like, "Mama," and, and it was like he just seems like. Homegrown. I'm giving myself the chills literally as I'm saying this. He just seems like homegrown, like good values. I don't know if he's Christian, but he's giving Christian and I'm into it.
1: It's giving it's giving all of the same values that are important to Taylor Allison, like obsession with the mother, which we love. But Mm -hmm. also think about think about it this way. They both are at the top of their game and they both know what it feels like to stand in a sold out stadium of seventy five (sighs) thousand plus people just gassing you up and they're like normal
2: yes yes how happy is the nfl right now
1: how happy is kansas city
2: <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> well i saw the greatest tweet too that was just like the amount of times people have thought about kansas city this year has to be like up like 8x like taylor is just single-handedly like driving everything ticket sales Do we they're need to gonna go have to kansas city
1: 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent.
2: <laughs> i mean we're already going to vienna let's throw kansas city in add another stop on the list it's fine
1: did you guys grow up with like a football background like you liked a certain team you watched it every sunday
2: mm. um sadly our dad liked football but our mom makes all the rules so <laughs> we had like literally zero the only football thing we had going for us is that like our last name was Bledsoe. and that's a flex. So there was, like. That that Drew Bledsoe character, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, player, that whole that guy, uh, that whole thing. that that fella. So that was like, like whenever our mom would like see a jersey with a last name Bledsoe, she would buy it. But that's basically the only thing about football.
1: All I'm saying is that I grew up near Rochester, and it is a tiny part of the country who has a fervent love for the Buffalo Bills, and I grew up okay. loving the Buffalo Bills. And the idea that Taylor Swift would be dating someone on the Buffalo Bills, I cannot describe to you how I would feel right now. And really? I'm not a – sport. oh, my God. Are you would, kidding me? Would
2: you move home?
1: I don't know what I would do. I would get a Buffalo Bills tattoo. I <laughs> yeah, would – first thing. <laughs> first thing's first. I don't even know if they're dating, but see you at the tattoo parlor.
0: <laughs> I'm serious. No, it's like the world's colliding. The superstars colliding. Did you hear that, like, jersey sales are, like, up, like, 879%? Like,
2: I love the people that people are just, like, next step, buy a jersey. I think next I want to buy
1: a
0: jersey. <laughs> Why not? Okay.
1: Can I ask you guys? Why not? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Please. So I have in my mind a little bit of a worry that we're nowhere near peak Taylor saturation, but don't you feel we're okay. Now she's conquering the NFL. She's getting a lot of new fans. Mm -hmm. And I am pleasantly surprised by the number of reactions I've gotten from friends who don't like Taylor Swift that they thought to themselves, I guess I have to get into Taylor Swift now and vice versa. I have a lot of non NFL friends who are like, I guess I got to learn about football now. Right. And I'm just, I'm so shocked and pleased with how each of those two communities are just like, I guess we have to be involved in, each other's lives and not like I can't believe this is happening and I'm afraid of that a little bit
2: there really is like more room in the stratosphere for all of this and think of how much harder this is going to make getting concert tickets like we do not (laughs) need the fan base growing at all no
1: good luck getting a concert ticket in Kansas City bye
0: oh her ability to unite groups of people disparate groups of people I don't know if she's the antichrist or if she's the savior of this world
2: I thought we decided she was
0: God. She is God.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I feel like we have, like, we were obviously all in St. George together, and, like, my husband congratulated this specific group here for, like, how much we were able to, like, button up our Taylor talk, but there truly is just something about her that, like, when you are a part of her fandom, like, it is so remarkable, so magnetic, so overpowering that it really has, like, it has been 2023 for me. Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: I think that the moment that they announce officially that they're dating, the only reaction I will have is to walk out onto Avenue B, tip my face back and let out just a, like a guttural <laughs> scream of joy. Just <laughs> gutturally shout because they're like, yeah, we're having fun. We're hanging out like, quote unquote, we're having fun and hanging out has gotten us to talk the way we are. If they're like, it's official. I'm screaming. I'm screaming, screaming,
2: screaming. Is this endgame? Kyle, do you think this is endgame for her?
1: She's tricky. I have no idea. I mean, it would be it's <laughs> I don't know.
0: Chan, here's what I will say. It is the end game for and this is Lauren brought this up in the group text earlier. It's end game for Gayler rumors in my opinion. Oh,
2: I can't quite rule it out still. I I want to and I totally understand the reasoning, but I can't I don't know. Kyle needs to go think? on for longer.
1: I fully agree. I was thinking about this and I thought to myself, in music there's like the at the end, I'm, like, trying to think of how this is best described, but do you know, like, the resolution note at the end where it feels like, ah, oh, men, and the men is, like, oh, it's that chord that I – it's, like, that's how it feels when they're together.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her face, like, I do think she's not that great of an actress. Like, we have seen in music videos. She's not very good at, like – Creating like an emotion from scratch, I think, and the expression on her face to me was so genuine that like one hundred percent, she's definitely into him. Right. Sexually. I mean, I've seen Valentine's Day. I've seen her <laughs> acting. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not did, fair. Did you guys watch Cats? I never watched Cats. No. Never will. No. Never will. Never. We love, love her too much.
1: I literally took Cats and I put it in the same file folder as me. Bye. <laughs>
0: We just, we looked, we put the the blinders on, we put the goggles on.
1: Regardless of whether or not they're in love, regardless of whether or not it's the first time that they met, regardless of whether or not it was pre-planned or whatever, Taylor Swift, Taylor Allison is having the world's best time in her life. Just like Mm -hmm. her face. She's on top of the world. Her tour is sold out. Like unbridled joy on that face when he scored the touchdown.
0: I mean, this is a woman who's been freed. She's been freed. I think that joe like literally had her in chains and she's been freed (laughs) do you think the maddie healy stuff was real like what was the play there she hammed it up there then and she hammed it up here and i (sighs) i know I, i believe that this one's real this to me feels like real
1: I'm such a skeptic. So I don't think that the Maddie Healy thing was real, but I never bought it myself either. I looked at them and I was like, oh, maybe that, you know, they respect each other as musicians and that's great. But this is the first time that even if they have only hung out once or twice, I personally as a spectator feel a spark.
0: Yeah. I think too, here's the thing. This This is critical. Okay. Taylor seems like Travis's type. I don't think Taylor ever
2: seemed like Maddie's type. absolutely not i mean historically she's just not his type whatsoever yeah wow
1: i mean taylor's singing about the title of her movie is miss americana and she's at a football game (sighs) just screaming the f-bomb like that's patriotism
2: (laughs) Uh, there were so many incredible tweets and like people saying like this is our tea party like this is like where we like american men take it back like this is just like stoking the fires of patriotism like it is
0: like I, I'm feeling it all.
1: We all needed this. We all needed it.
0: We all needed this. I mean, I think truly this is the moment when the country reaches across the aisle and we come together yet again. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to compare it to 9-11, but this is another type of unifying moment.
2: Okay. One more interesting point before we sign off here. Yeah. I also thought it was fascinating that she chose to go to the game with the Super Bowl announcement that Kim Kardashian was giving and this completely overshadowed it. Who? Who? She, she is always working. Mastermind.
0: Mastermind. That's Kim okay. Kardashian literally feels so irrelevant to me. Like, what has she given the youth of America besides, like, a crisis about their faces?
1: <laughs> also, wait, guys. I know this. I just have to say it. Yeah. I was looking up, like, shirtless pictures of Joe and Shirley and, and they couldn't be more different. Like, No. One is, one is Harry. One is not Harry. One is, like, don't look at me. One is giving Cullen. One is I giving... Mean, Wolf packs.
0: One is giving yogurt shop and one is giving football field.
1: Correct. Wait, what did we talk about?
0: I was just wanting
2: Kyle to tell his like astute observation of the sexual energy off of Travis Kelsey. There is something about his energy that is very sexual to me. I think that's what like he's not. He's not necessarily my type, but I think his energy is so hot and so masculine so sexual like there's just he just kind of is getting his claws He's in just, like there's something
0: testosterone
2: about him like you know he would be good in bed
1: 100 mm-hmm. percent. and then guess what curveball i'm a democrat okay bye i'm done it's done <laughs> that's it that's it it's
0: done it's done <laughs> literally touchdown love you both thank you for coming on now let's cut to our eight passengers deep dive the day has come chandler we are finally deep diving, Ruby Frank, the mom from the Eight Passengers YouTube channel. Are you excited for this? This is a real downer. I am in a fantastic mood and I'm so excited to just lower my vibration by talking about this awful person, these two awful people. So yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm just going to say something real snobby. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm more interested in why people care about Influencers that are Ruby Frank adjacent. Like, that's actually what's shocking to me in the great mystery of our time. Like, how people that, in my opinion, on the surface just seem very kind of like, middling, nothing really interesting to say, kind of odious to view, just kind of middling suburban people, how they amass two million followers, like creating I mean, YouTube videos in their track homes, like putting away groceries from Albertsons. Like, that's what's confusing how, to me. How has Sister Wives had 12 seasons? because sister wives are living a crazy lifestyle they have like a maniac for a main character the 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 ruby franks of the world that's what's confusing to me i think though to some degree that's like people are fascinated by mothers of big families big families yeah that's suburban life more you know what it is highly religious people It's because to me, this is like the sea we swam in growing up, right? It's like suburban, huge Mormon families. Right. Like Godspeed, God love them, but I've seen it. I've been in it. Right. But maybe to someone who grew up one of two kids, to them, this is like Animal Planet. It's like, what do we got here? Yeah, yeah. It's like National Geographic. Well, Let's get into it. Let's dive in. So Chandler... I didn't know about eight passengers. I don't spend my time watching suburban family vlogs that might shock everyone, but that doesn't really does. <laughs> that, that doesn't really scratch any of the itches I have inside of mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. And so I was blissfully unaware of this southern Utah family until yeah. news broke that what the millions of viewers who've consumed this YouTube channel what those people were watching was potentially not as it seemed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd never heard of Eight Passengers. I'd never heard of Ruby Frankie or Jody Hildebrandt, but there were people, there were like millions of viewers on YouTube. I Mm -hmm. mean, they were were making a ton of money. So clearly people knew about them. I just, they were totally out of my psyche. I mean, I'm grateful mom never did this, but all I have to say is that if Deborah Bledsoe had created eight passengers when we were children, it would have been a lot more entertaining, a lot more fun. And we did have eight passengers. So not to compare mom to Ruby Frankie, but I will say that mom one time classified herself as a warden of a female prison. (laughs) (laughs) This was absolutely correct. Absolutely. Given how often we were grounded. Right. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early Bird CBD gummies They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a lay person like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's FrameBridge.com. Okay, so Ruby Frankie, everyone, she is the mother of six children. And she is the wife of Kevin Frankie. He's a BYU professor, teaches engineering. And they're the parents of six children. So hence why the name is Eight Passengers. Bada bing, bada boom. The deep dive you wanted. This is this is you guys <laughs> wanted this. So here we go. Let's bring it all back everyone to 2015 when ruby frankie puts her and her family on youtube they create these like daily vlogs and mm-hmm. the 2000 teens was really is that is it the odds or the teens chandler right. i don't know it doesn't matter people know what i'm saying the teen no one asked teens you. was really the heyday of family vlogging i think yep. things have kind of morphed and changed and maybe youtube but monetization is not what it once was yeah right kind of an interesting aside. I remember I watched a YouTube video of this woman and she was like, we have millions of subscribers. We used to make $500,000 a month, something really, or maybe it was 50 grand a month, one of the two. And then she was like, our revenue is now down to 10% of what it used to be. So now it's like a five grand a month. And it's, which is so crazy because there's so many people that put so much work into YouTube channels. That's their whole life. I mean, do you remember like the bucket list family? I actually, I'm sure they're s- still doing it, but they were, like, also family vlogging everything. They traveled everywhere. Actually, I've met them. But, yeah, just breaking it in. She's a huge guy. fan. a Merch right here. Yeah. Yeah, I heard of them. I wasn't an avid follower. I never got into any family vlogs. Just never – having been born in a big one, I was not looking to watch another. Seen it. Been there, done that. I think we prefer other kinds of mindless entertainment. Exactly. Anyway – So their channel started back in 2015 when all of these family vlogging channels were really booming in popularity. They had kids Mm -hmm. between two and 12, six children. And within one year, Chandler, the eight passengers channel had tens of thousands of views. And at its height, the channel had 2.3 million subscribers. Wow. Wow. So the videos appeared to be a glimpse into the typical Mormon suburban family Mm -hmm. life, including homeschooling, cooking, eating, and of course, you know, spending time together. Right. So one of the things about this YouTube channel was that Ruby Frankie was pretty overt with her discipline on this channel and pretty blatant with the way that Mm -hmm. she thought that children should be raised. It's so interesting. And I guess I'll kind of save some of my commentary for that in a minute. But I do find like one of the things I love about our sister Courtney is that she or I really admire about her is she never flips out on her kids. Never. Honestly, I've never seen it. Yeah. And she definitely never does in public. So there's something very strange to me about flipping out on your kids like on YouTube, putting it on YouTube, you know? Yeah. I mean, that just feels like very backwards. I mean, even if you're going to lose your cool, why would you ever put that online for everyone to open it up for discussion right or you're like or advertising your militant disciplinary style it's just a strange thing to want to flex it's like get into diamonds ruby (laughs) i yeah clearly though she liked being this admired mother in a position of you know of spreading this is you know this (sighs) is how you should raise kids Okay. So in 2019 Chandler, Ruby began to receive negative feedback for her controversial parenting techniques, which advocated for strict leadership to her 2.3 million subscribers. Many of her videos focused on discipline and she often received pushback from her audience for overly harsh punishments for minor infractions. For example there's one video where their daughter has forgotten to pack her lunch. So the Mm -hmm. daughter is in charge of packing her lunch and, you know, Ruby Frankie in the video, actually, we'll just play it right here. You can hear what
3: she has to say about this. Eve is responsible for making her lunches in the morning. And she actually told me she did pack a lunch. So the natural outcome is she's just going to need to be hungry. And hopefully... Hopefully nobody gives her food and nobody steps in and gives her a lunch.
0: So I would say that we were raised in a pretty strict home. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I I think I have very strict. Sometimes I have like an instinctual reaction to people who, you know, talk about how parents are too strict because I think it actually worked out for us for the best. Mm. I think being raised really strict, I think kept some of us out of trouble. I think it like, I think that by and large, Ultimately, I think it made me like a more responsible person to to have, you know, lots of roles. I don't know if you feel that way, but so I think that sometimes I'm like, it can't be that bad. Of course, everyone's going to hate on a strict mom on the internet. But after reading about some of these early things that she was publicizing, I was like horrified. Well, I think... I, you know, it's hard to say you can, you never know how you would have been if you had no rules or if you had a super lax parents, so you know, you could get away with anything. Right. I uh, could have just been born amazing. I mean, I, I really do think though, I think people have certain proclivities, like even you and I, it's not like you and I were ever interested in really acting out or really I being don't... rebellious. Like we, I was pretty nerdy to be honest. I was, you know, interested in the life of the mind in my I early I will teens. say though, I think it was good that I didn't really drink or do really anything, any of those vices until I was in college to me oh, that sure. I think, kept me on a good path. And that was by and large because I was so afraid of mom and dad of the yeah. hammer coming down. If I was caught, you know, doing anything like but that. I think there's a huge difference between, between like being strict about things that really matter, right? Like teenagers right. shouldn't yes. be drinking alcohol. It should not be yeah. poisoning their brain. It right. will lead you to make decisions you don't want to make like absolutely absolutely yeah. I think that there's a big difference between that and like, okay, our six-year-old didn't pack her lunch, even though she said she did. So I'm going to let her go hungry all day. And that's, it's, it's when I actually learned what happened and what the actual examples were of these early, you know, red flags where I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is a complete, this is not just like a strict religious mom. This is somebody who, you know, has something wrong with them. Yeah. And it seems like she kind of takes a lot of satisfaction out of doling out these punishments yes yes and for having kind of the guts or the stomach to be mm-hmm. really strict right so there's another moment in 2019 where the oldest son people notice that he's not in any of the videos right mm-hmm. and ruby after a bunch of comments about it ruby finally posts a video and she explains that he's at anasazi do you know what anasazi is chan It's a wilderness camp, right? It's a wilderness camp, yeah. Amangari? Did you say Amangari? Amangari? (laughs) (laughs) No, unfortunately, Ruby Frankie did not send her, you know, wayward or her rebelling teenage son to an Amon hotel for (laughs) rehabilitation. No, she sent him to what is distinctly a very different experience, Anasazi. So I had a boyfriend who was one of the instructors for Anasazi. Oh, no way. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. I didn't realize yeah. for this exact, this is the same place. Same camp. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty brutal. I know you sleep, like you get there and like, you. Uh, I don't know, people know all those camps. You don't have a sleeping bag even, I think. Right. You, like right. literally sleep on the ground outside. Mm-hmm. You might have a sleeping bag, but no tent. Anyway, it's pretty, pretty bearish, pretty brutal. Right. It's supposed to break you.
4: Yeah, it's right? supposed to break you. Yeah.
0: I'm always like, I just wonder what the threshold is for a kid acting out that would actually require that kind of intervention or treatment. Right. Well, and I feel like uh, I w- it would have to be like drug use for me, heavy drug use. But also, yeah, I like think heavy. that a lot of times those camps do more damage than good. Right. Because they are just about breaking you versus actually getting you like treatment for addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just about like wearing you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're not child psychologists, so who knows? But who what we knows? do who know. Knows? <laughs> knows. That could be great. No, I, I, we have no clue. But We've seen Ruby, the Paris Hilton documentary, okay? It's true. So the oldest kid was sent to Anasazi. And then in 2020, there's another example of Ruby Frankie giving a punishment that really is very outsized for the crime committed. So I'm going to okay. play this video, Chandler.
3: My
5: bedroom was taken away for seven months, and then you give it back like a couple weeks ago. I
3: don't think our viewers know that. You've been sleeping on a beanbag. I've been sleeping on a beanbag since be- October, <laughs> and
5: they gave my room back like two weeks ago. Oh, I'll give you the reason why I lost my bedroom. I think so. I think this is the reason. At least this is the reason that's been in my head. That? So pretty funny, but now I look back and it's pretty depressing. No,
3: we never told our viewers
5: that I woke Russell up at two in the morning and told him that we're going to Disneyland <laughs> and he has <asked> to pack. <laughs> and he got up and made his bed all neatly and then packed all his clothes in the suitcase. And then he walked out the door and I'm like Russell, he's like why? And he's all happy, I has his sunglasses on. Do you
3: think it's funny because? And
5: then I walk out. And if you
3: think it's funny, then you. That was seven months ago. Maybe you need longer without a bedroom.
5: It, it was not funny.
3: <laughs> um, Russell got the big bedroom and Chad got the, the smaller bedroom smaller. and Russell's bigger bedroom also had a bathroom. But what you guys didn't know was <laughs> Chad didn't get any room. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't get anything. He was sleeping on the floor in the family room.
0: I'm sorry. I just think that the the prank of telling your like seven year old brother that you're going to Disneyland at 2 a.m. and he packs up his stuff and makes his bed (laughs) and like is outside with sunglasses on at 2 3 a.m. ready to hit the road for Disneyland. That's fucking hilarious. It's It's absolutely hilarious. It's genius. It's genius. It's hilarious. We need to teach that seven year old to uh, look alive, baby. Look around. Notice your surroundings. No one else is getting ready. The son who came up with this prank should be put in improv classes for sure. Absolutely. Instead of being uh, given no room, he should be given a you know sleepaway camp to go to the groundlings in L.A. Right. Exactly. Okay. This prank, I honestly, when I first watched the video, I just like laughed endlessly, and I do think that it is kind of cruel. But for me, if I was the parent here, this would have resulted in like one Saturday night being like you're at home, like you're not going to do anything because like you disturbed his sleep and that is cruel. Yeah, it, it's a little cruel. i like for me, this would have translated to, OK, maybe now you need to work and earn a Disneyland ticket for you and your brother. You have to now take him to Disneyland. Right. And this, there's just such a difference between like what I think is good natured pranking like kind of like this is like brotherly fraternal yes. pranking absolutely it's good natured fraternal pranking I also didn't realize that that was the specific prank and I thought it was going to be something more dangerous something where there was, was yeah. like, like threatening something more like hey we need to teach you a serious lesson you can't just like prank people willy-nilly That's should... it was hilarious and har- harmless in my opinion it's it's honestly harmless. But harmless. <laughs> it's a hilarious family story to have for, for generations right. to come. It's a really good party trick. So anyway, yeah, I feel like if I had been the parent, it would have just resulted in a conversation about having more empathy. But like, that's, I don't know, don't you want kids who are like, kind of hilarious and fun and do crazy yes. things? Like, do you want yes. them to be so boring? Right. So what, what that leads me to believe is that if that prank resulted in a 7 month punishment so severe as to have no privacy and no bed this woman really on some level i don't want to say got off because that's not really what i'm trying to say but she derived a lot of pleasure sick pleasure she's a sadist she derived pleasure yep. from punishing her children like right. and she looked for excuses to dole out those punishments and practice that sadism right right that type of control Right. So many viewers, they saw right through this because Ruby's kind of laughing and she's kind of being lighthearted about it. But she's also like, no, it was so serious. And you had this crazy punishment. But a lot of the viewers on YouTube were like, this bitch is sick. Yeah. And so according to Deseret News, police in 2020 also investigated allegations made by Frankie who claimed to have received these threatening calls and texts. So Frankie stated that she received a text message from somebody stating that they were going to take her family down and that there will be riots at their door when the world finds out the truth. Oh, gosh. Wow. Yeah. So then in May 2020, there's a petition that demanded that Child Protective Services investigate the Frankie family. Over 16,000 people signed the petition. So NBCNews.com reported that Ruby's home was investigated four times between April and October of 2022. The controversy effectively marked the beginning of the end for the eight passengers YouTube channel. Daily videos whittled down to two to three videos per week and then none at all before it was deleted. Yeah. So basically, yeah, the YouTube starts dwindling amidst all this controversy, all this online activity, really criticizing her parenting style. So fast forward, that was in 2020. In 2022, Ruby has transitioned eight passengers to Connections. Connections is a podcast that she does with a local therapist, Jody Hildebrandt, and in this, the two discuss all sorts of things, including societal issues, parenting, and politics. Okay, so this is a clip of Ruby discussing her parenting tactics or parenting style in one of the episodes of Connections. I just really pray, Chandler. That you and I can keep having a podcast about fun stuff. We don't have children. And suddenly it's like, this week, it's four tips for discipline, you know? Are you concerned about us becoming the new Jody and Ruby? Kind worried of. worried about? Kind of. <laughs> Never going to happen. I mean, I, I don't think, yeah, we're not going to have connections 2.0. It's, oh we're just, we'll just keep talking about
3: Taylor Swift. To leave the house clean. And my kids are literally starving. I hesitate to say this because it's going to sound like I'm like, A mean barbarian but i told the kids i said i'm not even gonna let you eat breakfast until you get your chores done that was my motivating drive it is my motivating drive for creating this content i was a hugely disconnected selfish aggressive neglectful mother entitled entitled I wanted my kids to be happy, which AKA translated into, I want my kids to get off my back. (laughs) Because I wanna do what I wanna do. I wanna be able to go to Target. I wanna be able to shop. I wanna be able to have a moment of silence where I can just think. It was all about me. Mm -hmm. And I made my kids responsible for that. And so I allowed them to have what they wanted. About a year ago, my daughter was saying her prayers. Eve, she was six years old at the time and she was saying her prayers, and she said the cutest thing. I thought it was so cute. And I started laughing. She said, Dear Heavenly Father, please help me to survive. And I thought it was so cute, and it just took me off guard, and uh-huh. I kind of giggled a little. She was, that was an experience for her, and she melted, she, she, melted. she was angry. And yeah. I, and I, and she started crying. I think it's a huge red flag
0: if, your child's prayer is to survive. I mean, it's just, it's really, really hard to hear. I think that also like the deprivation, like using food as a way or a lack of food as a motivator, it just seems like something where basic human needs, like mm-hmm. a bed, in my opinion, some form of privacy, even if it's a shared room, like food, those just should never be deprived of children. Okay. Again, I'm not a mom though, but that's just my Especially- instinct. To anybody and especially to young children. Right. Or developing. Yeah. So Ruby Frankie remained active on social media, forming the new advice channel connections with her business partner and counselor Jody Hildebrandt. The content they made together had a small fraction of the audience that Eight Passengers had in its prime. Miss Frankie once claimed that the venture helped her make millions. She left that lucrative world, she said, to save her children. So recent posts on an Instagram account that the two share called Moms of Truth, offering parenting advice, urged followers to avoid coping strategies to destroy from the pain and the discomfort of reality slash truth. So, I guess the coping strategies are going to Target. Yeah. Don't be so entitled. Don't think you can just <laughs> go to Target and have some thoughts to yourself. That's giving in. So strange. So, so strange. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about
4: And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.
0: The reports don't stop after this, after she kind of, you know, transitions to working with connections and no longer having, you know, the A Passengers channel Deseret News reports that in 2022, there were continued concerns about Ruby Frankie's parenting supervision and the welfare of all of their children. And these concerns were coming from people who weren't just like in the comments, but they were people who actually knew them and lived in their neighborhood in Springville, Utah, Mm
4: -hmm. rather than,
0: yeah, exactly, the strangers on the internet. So in September of 2022, the police are called for a welfare check for non-supervision. And it was requested by one of Frankie's adult children. So, you know, I, it sounds like one of her older children told police that her brothers and sisters had been left at home while their mother was in St. George with her friend. And the friend is, was reported to be Hildebrand. And they were left alone for about four to five days. Ugh. And I think at this point, her and the husband had separated. That's why he wasn't living mm, with the kids at home and the neighbors like corroborated this story. They said that Ruby would leave her kids for extended periods of time and that one neighbor had proof of re- Ruby's car in St. George. They knew that, you know, she wasn't there in Springville and everyone, you know, was very concerned about this. So this kicks off an investigation with the department of child and family services. And, you know, they started a report, but the CPS investigation though was closed. They didn't find enough evidence hmm so this is back in okay. 2022 so then okay. this brings us to this year all right on august 30th 12 year old russell escaped from jody hildebrand's house not ruby's because that ruby and her children were all living there and russell went to a neighbor's house where he was described as emaciated on the 911 <sighs> call that the neighbor made he had tape around his limbs and wounds I listened to this 911 call and I think I should play some of it. It's very heartbreaking. I mean, at one point the neighbor actually breaks down and it's like, sounds like it's kind of an older man or, you know, as he's like kind of starting to describe to the 911 dispatcher what he's encountered, he like gets overcome with emotion and it's so sad. So I'm going to play that. Um, I guess trigger warning. If there's anyone around you, it's kind of hard to hear. It's an 11 minute uh, call, but I'm only going to play a portion of it for you.
5: He says he just left through the porch at the neighbor's house. Um, Her name is Jody Hildebrand, and she lives two doors up the street. Yeah, out in Cayenne the houses are far apart, so he walked just under the block to get to our house. He rang my doorbell and asked me to call the police. Does he seem to be under the influence of drugs or alcohol? I don't think so, but he's very thirsty. and uh need an ambulance? I don't think he needs an ambulance. So I'll let the cops decide that. But his ankles are taped up, and he won't tell us why. Okay. But he has duct tape around each ankle. Yeah, there's sores around them. I think the a good chance he's been... Uh, he also said Oh, and he has them around his ankles. I mean, his wrists as well. Okay, this boy has been... this kid has obviously been I think he's been he's been detained he's been he's obviously covered in wounds
0: okay it's so awful it's so so awful and he escaped through a window from the house and The police showed up, and they also found his sister Eve also in the house in a similar condition. The other two daughters were not there; they were somewhere else, you know, in good health. But at this point, Ruby is arrested, and her kids are taken into the state's custody, and both Ruby and Jody are are being held without bail in Washington County Jail, and it's really insane to me because all of her sisters have basically said that her arrest was for the best and that it was overdue. Ruby's sisters or her kids, the d- daughters? Frankie's oldest daughter, Sherry, expressed relief at her parents' arrest. Ruby's three sisters, all social media influencers in their own right, have also voiced their support for the arrest. They stated, "Wow." quote, behind the public scene, we have done everything we could to try and make sure the kids were safe. Ugh. I guess as, as well, Ruby had distanced herself from the family and had kind of been cut out But going back to what's kind of been happening over the last year, her husband, Kevin Frankie, and her were separated and apparently have been for the last 13 months about a quote difference of opinion over parenting. And so it's interesting. There's been a whole campaign, I think, by his lawyer to explain how he's a victim in all of this, too, that Ruby wouldn't let him see the kids and that she had said, you know, we need to work through our problems, you know alone away from the children and I I just I don't think that he is absolved from this in any way and I don't think that I don't know I, I it sounds like this type of abuse has been going on for a very long time more than just like the 13 months that they've been separated if you haven't been able to see your children in that long like that also to me is a huge red flag This guy knew exactly what was happening. He had seen the abuse. That's I'm sorry. I'm just don't believe that Ruby's behavior escalated toward abuse the second right when he left. And this guy didn't stand up for his kids. He didn't intervene. Yeah, we should have dad on the podcast because I think he would, you know, have a very good expert opinion on this. But you separate from your spouse over a difference of parenting opinions. And that difference in opinion might be that you think your spouse might be abusive or that they are too intense on your children, and then you don't see your children or you do not make sure that they are okay. I mean, that to me is, that says everything. The one thing I will say is that it does say everything. But clearly, this woman is a total tyrant, is a c word, is the biggest bitch on the planet, right. and it's. I. It might not be as simple as this guy can just get those kids away from her. You know? oh, of course, it's not. It's definitely not a simple thing by any means. You know, but I guess she had said to him it would be better if he wasn't in the home and that you know he wasn't communicating with the children. But I don't know how long. I mean, that's thirteen months, and for sure, he's for sure. And also, if you're really concerned, you can speak to a divorce lawyer and get protective custody or something yeah at the end of the day child abuse occurred and one parent was negligent and the other parent was doling out the abuse and really there shouldn't be any abdication of responsibility at all for anyone involved but yeah it's just so according to kester that's the last name of kevin's lawyer the husband's lawyer who he like went on a podcast and talked about his client side of everything Apparently, Ruby knew that the police were coming to arrest her after the two children were found in serious condition, you know, on August 30th. Oh, really? And that Ruby had texted Kevin, the husband, saying there was an emergency. And she said she needed to speak to him immediately. And, you know, she's kind of said, you're going to have to take care of the kids because she knew she was going to get arrested. Wow. Here's the other big thing about the husband. He apparently didn't know that Ruby Frank had moved to Ivins, Utah. He didn't know that that's where they were. Mm. That to me is also like if you don't really even know where your kids are, you're. Yeah, it's a big problem. That's a big problem. Yeah, I agree. And so this is another quote from his lawyer that says, if you've read everything in the media, Kevin's getting raked over the coals. But what people don't understand is that he was trying to preserve his marriage. He was taking direction from her. She's the one who asked him to leave the house and indicated that in order for him to be able to get back together with her and be a family, that she was requesting that he leave the home and that he could not contact her or the children. She told him that everything was blissful at home and it was so much better without him. Yeah. He continues to say emotionally she was controlling him because she knew how much he valued their marriage and valued their family. And it was his desire to be able to get back with the family and preserve his marriage. Kevin never had any reason to believe that his children were being abused. And if he had one inkling that his kids were being abused and that the separation wasn't for any other purpose than to figure out a way between he and Ruby to reunite their family, he would have been down there in two seconds. Yeah, that's bullshit. Bullshit. And also if her sisters and her, you know, extended family yeah, they has knew concerns, there were problems. they knew there were problems. There like were you 16, can't tell me that people never signing knew a petition online saying right. this woman is abusive. You think the guy sleeping next to her didn't know that she was a mm-hmm. psycho? Right, right. Good try, Kevin. So Ruby's sister, Julie, has like a YouTube presence and she released a video about Ruby where she said that Ruby really changed after joining Jody Hildebrandt's circle. And mm. she was cut out of the family three years ago. And I guess as she started to get closer and closer to Jody, the family was like, please don't talk about the things that you are doing. Like when you come to family gatherings, like we don't want to hear oh, about wow. it. Like, yeah. She also said that they had no idea that things were as bad as they were. So I, I listened to a podcast with Jody's niece, not Ruby. So Jody Hildebrandt, the other woman arrested who Ruby was working with and where her children were living. Her niece, her name's Jessie, went on Mormon stories and she gave like this really intense and frankly like hard to listen to interview. Oh, really? Because she was abused by Jody. So she's Jody's niece. And okay. her parents sent her to go live with Jody because she was also her therapist, which doesn't make any sense. Like your answer therapist, that doesn't that's not right. Yeah. And really they rock. sent her to go live with her and to get treatment and to get straightened out. And Jody completely abused her. She was forced to sleep outside on the balcony in the snow. And she was locked in rooms, underfed, like just psychologically and physically tortured. And then like, it was the type of situation where Jody would be like, here's your punishment. And and you're going to keep doing this punishment until the sins come out of you, until you tell me everything that you've done wrong. And, and Jesse said that, you know it came to a point where she was making up things because she just didn't know what she wanted yeah yeah and Jody told her that she had like a sex addiction i think she was like honestly too like young and then another really dark thing from Jody's past is that in 2012 Jody was put on probation and in danger of losing her license as a you know a mental health counselor because she violated a patient's privacy and blackmailed him so this person who's you know John Doe began marriage counseling with Hildebrandt in 2008 and he realized he was receiving very little counseling and you know she was just kind of alleging that he had a porn addiction and she began charging the couple $1200 to $2000 monthly bills for their therapy sessions and when he attempted to kind of question her therapy she turned to blackmail and she discussed his fictitious porn addiction with church officials and BYU officials to unravel his personal life. Are you for real? No, no. She she literally, when he questioned her, she turned to literally then telling his local church. And I don't know if he worked for BYU or he went to BYU, but just totally, you know, an invasion of privacy and disclosing private information yeah. that wasn't even correct. I, f- I feel like some people are just so just if they're given the opportunity, they become tyrants over others. It might be helpful for people who aren't super familiar with BYU. To understand why this would be such a big deal, because at BYU is obviously extremely strict. BYU is a Mormon college in Utah that we both. Yeah, have and them. if you're coming, if you are undergoing any type of scrutiny or, you know, discipline with your local church leaders while also going to BYU, you can be kicked out of school because of that. Yeah, you have to live by the set of rules called the honor code, and it has mm-hmm. tons of guidelines. You know, prohibiting sex outside of marriage, right? prohibiting all sorts of behaviors. And so it's actually kind of an interesting conundrum that BYU professors get in because there's a lot of BYU professors who are actually secular people who just kind of like that's the job they got. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I think that yeah, BYU professors and students alike can be essentially blackmailed or people that have some sort of axe to grind can report them right to the school in order to like ruin their, you know, student or professional lives. Another part of this is that if you confess something to your local clergy, to your bishop, your local bishop, they can choose to then disclose that information with BYU officials, and that jeopardizes your ability to stay in school. Which is why the fact that he was potentially sharing things with his therapist, and then she decided to then go and you know contact his school, is just like so unbelievably unprofessional and and wrong. But it's it's this very very strange world where that. I can, not that I think it's in any way correct, but you kind of get this psychosis where you think that the ultimate authority is actually the like administrators at BYU who are like telling people who can basically prohibit people from their profession or from their university. Anyway, um, it's a very strange world. And I think it's chilled out a lot in recent years, hopefully. Yeah. But it was definitely a scary place to go to school if you were bending the rules or outright breaking them. Right, right.
4: Anyway, uh, more so on that
0: later. Just quickly bring us up to present time. Her sisters wrote in a joint statement that Ruby's arrest needed to happen and that they had kept quiet for the sake of the children. In light of all this, YouTube has deleted eight passengers and the connections channels. And a spokesperson clarified the platform's decision, stating that the channels were terminated as per their creator responsibility guidelines. So everything has been scrubbed from connections, the YouTube account where Jody and Ruby were doling out their uh, their precious thoughts. But the case is still unfolding, obviously. So new details are sure to emerge. So it'll be interesting to hear, you know, what really was going on inside that house. Probably devastating to hear what was really going on inside right. that, that house. And thank God, you know, those children are now out of their mother's control. So Chandler, thank you for your help with this deep dive. You did a great job. Thank you.
4: You as well. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.
0: You guys, thank you so much for listening to the pod, for loving the pod. If the spirit moves you, please share the pod on your Instagram stories, tag us, share it with your friends, help us grow. It would really, really mean so much. Yes. Yes. Thank you in advance. We love you guys. Love you guys. We'll catch you on Friday on the Patreon. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks.